Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to That'd Be $8 Podcast, a.k.a. the Black Awareness Rally Podcast. You could be rocking with anybody else in the world, but you are here with us, and for that, we do appreciate you. It's your man, Pledge, alongside my main man, Bay. What up, what up? <clears throat> All of you guys to the discussion, to the conversation, to the celebration. Oh, yes. What is going on, B? What we celebrating now? What happened? Huh? What happened? What are you talking about what happened? What we celebrating <laughs> we, we We celebrating um, the fact that it was over before before Sunday or Black Woman won? That's the thing is, I mean, it's, is it really over? I mean, I think this thing is under. What you talking about? Some about the count? Yeah, the count. The, the legal battles, all that stuff is going to drag out for a while. So I, I don't know if it's a um, premature celebration, but either way, it feels good. So no, we uh, we good. We're in the clear on this one, B. We're in the clear on this one. So uh, we should be straight. I know. Uh, I saw a couple memes with people talking about how they're going to be rescinding or recalling the the, the domination, but. I ain't feeling that this year. Like he, uh, he officially lost Arizona, officially lost Nevada. So even if he do get them four or five votes recall, them four states recall, he still ain't gonna have enough to win. So who cares? We shall see. But yeah, but as I say, yesterday was a, a jubilant day all around. Hmm. Hmm. I ain't even get prepared for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought about it. I ain't, ain't got nothing done. No graphics. No black awareness rally members. Couldn't read this week. Nothing. Like I, I read a little bit, but I started reading the uh, first step act on the. Uh, it wasn't the Department of Justice website. It was. Uh, it was another site that they used to promote it. Oh, the, the Bureau of uh, the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons, and uh, is is it is it true or is it a rumor that um, Barack Obama's administration actually started that, and Forty Five just publicized it as if it was, as if it was his own. Forty Five did publish it as if it was his own. <clears throat> he, uh, they did expand some stuff. I think they added four things to it. Uh, so I guess that he can't take credit for adding some things to it. But what's the point of doing that if you're just gonna strip the consent decrees, baby? What's the point? You know what I mean? This, this, this how they get you, dog. The straw man arguments, dog. They gonna put up some junk that they want you to defend against that when it ain't even a real argument. Like, fuck out of here with that. We got to stop falling for that, man. Um, I just saw somebody on Facebook talking about um. What up, Waleed? Man, we, we, we getting too far into the weeds. <clears throat> gotta keep the structure. Gotta keep the structure. Gotta keep the structure. Now, is that bacon, dog? <laughs> <laughs> <Duh. laughs> nah, Drell, a vegetarian now. I'm like, bacon? What? We doing bacon now, B? 
We quit. Backslide, homie. Backslide. Yeah, I guess it's hey. a celebration. Fuck Donald Trump. If if it's one thing that's gonna get you, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be that swine. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that swine ain't on my mind. But yeah, uh, let's let's try this. You got some black awareness rally stuff? Cause I, I got nothing. I mean, I'm everything, not is, everything is kind of centered around what happened this week. Oh, let's do it I then. Mean, let's do it. I mean, the the Miss Black uh, awareness pageant. Everything. Of course. One one thing. Well, well, I actually got two things. I actually got two things. What? I mean, first and foremost, uh, Miss uh, the vice president elect uh, Kamala Harris. Um, for sponsors, her, sponsors, know, sponsors, sponsors. Oh, sponsors. Yeah. Um. Oh, so you do have that those uh, graphics ready? Yeah, but they they always up. Those those never yeah. go away. I just I didn't know if we was gonna run into it. If we was gonna run into it. We got got to put some respect on the name. So McDowell's, McDowell's, you know I mean, um, you know, and that was actually going to be the uh, he was actually going to host a party, um, a celebration party at McDowell's free fries for everybody that came through. Uh, but, you know, in, in of the social distance and guidelines, um, wow. he said we're going to postpone that thing. Maybe by the inauguration, he'll be able to. Um, yes, it's going to you know, open it up. But um, yeah, I heard yeah. he's going to be ready for the inauguration. But that's gonna be the the, the 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 celebration headquarters for Queens is gonna be at McDowell's. Oh, if you need the address, that's twenty four thirty two Derby Avenue, Jamaica Estates, Queens. So, yeah, you know I mean, again, drive through always open. Probably ain't gonna get no food. Drive-thru's still open, but yeah. yeah, but but he knew he knew that um, election celebration party would have been too crunk, so. He wanted to be a super spreader event. But that's his home address, though. That's his home address. So <laughs> that's his home address. Yeah, make oh, sure don't you. Don't show up in this house. Yeah, the... I'm saying you know, you get invited and then you go ahead and oh, show no. up. You know what I mean you get to live in the castle like he did? Yeah, man. Uh, I wonder if he mad if he because he tore up that check. He threw up, he tore up what about a three million dollar check? Yeah, it was. I think it was like yeah something like that. He got it to three million and then he tore it up. He's like, look, Jack. It's America, Jack. You ain't got enough money to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, if you want to go to the restaurant before the celebration of the inauguration, you know what I mean? That's 8507 Queens Boulevard in Elmhurst, Queens. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Randy Watson and the Sexual Chocolate. Also, shout out to uh, Waleed the barber. You know what I mean, Waleed, man, what's the address to the to the uh, to the shop, man? What's your mall, man? It don't get no easier than that. What's your mall? mall? What's your mall? But you know, just in case some people from out the state want to go to the mall, get an address. Let me let me get one. It's not too far from the airport, from the Tampa airport. So if you're flying in to get a cut, you can fly in, catch an Uber to West Shore Mall, catch Uber back to the airport, and be on your way. True. Word. Hey, Wally, you doing them uh the Mighty Shark specials? Them $8 joints? I don't know. He might be doing the inauguration special. Anyway, y'all holler at Wally for the inauguration specials. Yeah. And Randy Watson, man, we trying to get Randy Watson on the, um, on the, um, in one of them inauguration balls. Um, we trying to uh, get that brother some um, much needed business and pub. You know Mary J. Blige is going to be there. She was there last night. You heard her? Yeah, 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 crying. It's all good though. 
You said, wait, wait, wait. What you talking about? He was, it was, it was, it moved her emotionally. That's what I was saying. I'm talking about the music. And, huh? Uh, you Vice President elect Harris, <clears throat> Kamala you Harris. Nah, Mary J. Blige. Kamala Harris. You came out to J. Lo. No, she came out to work by Mary J. Blige, didn't she? Nah, she came out to J. Lo. I think at um, past rally, she came out to Mary J. Blige. But last night, she came out to J. I don't know which song it was, but she came out to J. Lo last night. Oh, I thought it was uh, because I, I missed that part. I had, <clears throat> I was watching on uh, YouTube, and the, the the station I was watching, they wasn't feeding the audio like it was TV. They was just feeding oh. the audio like you just hear the crowd and everything. So I couldn't yeah couldn't make out what it was. So Twitter said something about Mary J. Blige. So no, I think at other rallies she's been coming out to Mary J. Blige. I got you. But last night it was uh, J Lo. Anybody can verify that. Help us out. We'll get the song title. We'll probably add that because you know what I'm saying. We're going to have to have some epic for the day. Yeah. When we put this but yeah, we're we still trying to get Randy Watson um, to be included in some of these inauguration balls. I'm saying, um, you know, he can open up for somebody or he could be the headliner. You know, that's that's the versatility that that brother in the sexual chocolate band have. So. One song, OB. No, you said last week we were supposed to be going with souls of blackness. Sounds of blackness. Sounds of blackness. Yeah, I mean, we, but Randy, Randy, he called me. He was upset about that, that I was giving them some pub. So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. I ain't, I ain't see that one coming. But, uh, oh, everybody saying it's Mary J. I don't know. I don't, I don't, again, I couldn't hear it. I just saw what Twitter said. Uh, Wally just gave the Addy. Um, the business is officially called International Cuts. The C-U-T-T-Z. You know what I mean? Uh, that's on 300 F West Shore Plaza. Tampa, Florida, 33609. Go ahead. All right, pin that. Pin that joint. Dang, I can't do it. All right, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, what you got, man? Um... You can go ahead and run the uh, Black Awareness Rally pageant winner. Um, as I said, the Miss Black Awareness pallet, uh, pageant winner this week is um, none other than the Vice President-elect, Miss Kamala Harris. Um, you know, for her to be the first, um, not only African-American, but the first woman, period, to step into the role of Vice President of the United States is major. And not only... Um, She's stepping into the role, but she is thriving. It seems like it fits her very well. And um, this might be my personal aspirations for her, but I hopefully it's just priming her to step into the presidential role um, at a future date. But yeah, so we want to give <coughs> shout outs to her and also want to do a second one. Oh, I got, um, I got one. Oh, you got one? All right, give you a one and I'm going to get my second one. You can do it for Georgia. Huh? Doing it for Georgia. Um, a young lady out of Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. I was going to do the same one. But, okay. Uh, cool. Stacey Abrams? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Dude, mean. Major. Major. You go ahead, run it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Since we're gonna nah, nah, one. go ahead. You got to get one. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, Stacey Abrams and the Fair Fight and the coalition that uh helped her organization get 800,000 people registered to vote. Yo, Major. 
Pew, 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 pew. Lighter, lighter. I mean, y'all, <clears throat> y'all don't sleep on these on-the-ground organizers. There was obviously a race stolen from her in 2018 for the governorship of Georgia. But instead of quitting, she said she took 10 days off, did a little reflecting, and she said she got to work immediately after the race. So shout out to that sister for being a shining example of black excellence, black girl magic, and what willpower can get done if you just focus and get to the work. Man, I heard, uh, what was it? Been hearing a lot of people talking about they think she might get a cabinet position, so... I don't know if that's just hopefulness or what, but either way, she's going to have a job, a bigger role in the government process. So congratulations to Stacey Abrams, and she is the blueprint. I think one caveat I want to make about that is, uh, guys, try to make a concerted effort to stop looking to CNN, MSNBC, uh, you know, all the big shows. For uh, like analysis about stuff that you know concerns the black community, I mean, you can look at them for stats. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they got the graphics. You know, they gonna give you the the, the live look-ins at the counts, uh, like they was doing for the Georgia thing. Like when you <clears throat> you were sending me the stats on the Georgia updates, that was pretty yeah. dope. But as far as uh, information on like what's really going on, the key role players in like the different parts of the country that were making things happen. We have to find different ways to get that information because even after the election, they still wasn't giving her props. They still wasn't giving the women on the ground props. So, uh, you know, we, we got to give people their flowers while they're here. I mean, it's nice to, you know what I mean, post a few memes, but y'all can literally go to her Twitter handle. They was flooding her mentions yesterday with appreciation and admiration. So let's let's try to be more on the ground focused like I think that's the the way to win the game as we saw from Stacey Abrams so uh yeah man is it is it safe to say that um her losing propelled her to do more for the party than her winning would have the Georgia um governorship hey the ends justify the means brother I'll take it I, I wouldn't be mad with that, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, she went to work, man. She went to work. I mean, I think she's a big part of, uh, you know, of how things turned out in this election. And um, I mean, and that's that's how you bounce back from taking an L. I mean, I'm not trying to call anybody out for how they take L's, but um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that, that's how you bounce back. <laughs> Wait, who was that shade for? I, I didn't even catch it. Oh, well, actually, I know who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. That's, I mean, that, that that's, that's, that's what happens. Y'all um, heard the intro song. Y'all heard it. <laughs> you know what I mean? My so, yeah. So, I mean, shout out, shout out to um, Stacey Abrams. I mean, she, she was a, a major factor in um, how things played out. And she wasn't just doing it for the state of Georgia. I mean, she was doing it for the entire nation. Making sure that people knew their rights, right? Um, you know, to point out, um, you know, situations of voter suppression mm-hmm. or situations to where um, people weren't being treated fairly throughout the election. So she made a nationwide effort to make sure that this was a um, fair 
in um, legal voting process. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you see the results of, of all of her work over the last two years. Um, it just culminated into a um, to a victory. So it's, uh... big up to that mm-hmm. system. Say it again. I said big up to that sister. Listen, man. Give these people their flowers, man. Teach teach the babies about these legends. Because that is some legendary ish that she pulled off. So uh much respect, much respect. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we got we gotta get that actual sound effect. But uh yes. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, yeah, man. What you got? You got anything for uh, arts and entertainment? You know what? I got a person, um, and I I, I think I'm gonna try a, a a more concerted effort at being more balanced with my critique of celebrity activism. But uh, before we do that, let me give a shout out to Jermaine Dupree, um, Jonta Austin, uh. Who else was on that call? Michael Cox. I know Brian Michael Cox. These guys have been instrumental in doing groundwork in the state of Georgia, more over Atlanta. We're trying to get the uh, black male voter turnout to increase. And they ain't been on no Twitter and no Instagram promoting selfish gains. They've been talking to guys on the ground. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, moreover. And he's been taking photo ops, you know, obviously. But this guy was actually putting in work trying to figure out what it would take to get black men to vote for Joe Biden. And uh, after doing a lot of groundwork, you know, he was able to get some ads, talk on a couple panels, and listen to some experts about what it is that they should do to help the, the voter turnout. And I don't know about T.I., man. I don't see T.I. T.I. The people that I follow, man, I don't. they never bring T.I. up, so... I, I can't help you with that. If you got something about what T.I. be doing, um, sure, you, you can mention it. But I know Jermaine Dupree, I mean, your textbook with it. He said he wanted to get involved. He said he wanted to help. And he asked ground organizers what they think he should do. So he didn't go out there just running around doing his own thing. He wanted to talk to cats that were leading organizations on the grassroots level and ask them what they should do, what, what they should be doing. So shout out to them. Uh, I ain't see T.I. Like I said, I, I haven't seen any any uh, local activists uh, bringing T.I. in or mentioning T.I. So I, I don't know what it is that he did. Uh, so can't help you on that one, champ. But yeah, Jermaine Dupree got my vote. Jermaine Dupree, Brian Michael Cox, and Jonathan Austin. Yes. Um, for my uh, arts and entertainment, I want to give a shout out to... Um, you know, DJs, um, MCs all around the nation who were entertaining people while they were standing in line to vote. I mean, that was, that's major. Yeah, 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 man. I don't know if you saw videos, but like several um, places, you know, they had DJs that were set up because they knew that it would take a while mm-hmm. for um, for people to vote. Right. And so, um, you know, they kept them entertained by playing music. I mean, you saw people dancing in lines where they were standing to vote. Um, I'm not sure what process you have to go through you know to get you know whether it's like a license or or whatever it is um you know to be allowed to be close to a um a polling station um but there were i saw a few examples 
across the nation, um, not necessarily on Tuesday, but I know for a lot of the early voting sites um, to where uh, DJ showed up to uh, spin and entertain the people while they were standing in line to vote. So um, it shows that it was a, a concerted effort on our part to yeah. uh, turn out. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. So that's what we need in these streets. Uh, celebrities. There's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. Y'all ever heard that Key Sweat song? You heard that? Came out like 81. No, it's not that old. <laughs> it was real popular with my older Maybe brother. 90. He used to play it a lot. Say it again? Maybe 91. Yeah, I know. It's just really old. Uh, I know I was in third grade when that album came out. I think it was in third grade, third or second grade. But uh, it's the same album with I Wanna on there. <clears throat> But nah, man, uh, hey, man, get involved. Get involved. At the very least, like we saying, you can go holler at the NAACP. They everywhere. It might not be the most radical group of people, but they doing work that you can definitely participate in. Uh, also, uh, yeah, man. Oh, I got one group mentioning y'all a couple weeks ago. I don't know if y'all can see it. Black Male Voter Project. Um, they be on the ground organizing too. So, but then you know, ain't doing his biggest. Uh, <laughs> did you say who is Key Sweat? Stop playing, Wally. <laughs> Everybody know Key Sweat. Anyway, uh, what we got for the community moment? Yo, just shout out to Georgia. No, nah, I'm even gonna say Georgia. I'm not saying the whole state. Not Georgia. Shout out to the Atlanta Metro, Savannah area. Hey, was that Harris County or something like that? Philly. Uh, Pittsburgh. Nevada, which is which was, was Vegas. And um That's Clark County. Other? Huh? Clark County in Vegas. Yeah. Shout out to those communities. And I definitely want to give a shout out to the indigenous people of America putting in that work in Nevada, going ahead and sweeping all the, the state elections. They sending like an entire group of indigenous people to Congress. And that is huge. Never underestimate how much work you can get done on the ground. Because I know Florida's a lot bigger, but if you look at Georgia, it was only, what, three areas that won the whole state? Yeah, so, the Savannah area, the Atlanta area, and um, someplace else. I think it was, it, is that, I think it was where Macon is. Like I don't, I'm not really familiar with South Georgia like that, but uh, yeah, man, them three, them three areas alone changed the outcome of the election. I mean, I know the vote still isn't official yet, but don't don't sleep on the impact you can have. You know what I mean? So Biden is what only up by like three thousand votes right now. Is it three thousand in Georgia? I mean, y'all know three thousand people on Facebook. So let's yeah. let's be excited about doing some work. Because we're going to need a lot more work to get done, uh, especially in the upcoming time. You got anybody for the community moment? No, I was going to shout out everybody. I mean, it was a record turnout uh, for for voters uh, this election, um, which was major. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we 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 galvanized and and despite every, you know, all the, um, you know, what's going on with COVID, we still showed up, showed out. And um, that's what it is. And um, I mean, voting was up uh, all across the board. 
So yeah, um, yeah both sides. So I want to keep it positive during, during the community moment, but we're going to address some things later on. But yeah, but we showed up um, to vote and um, you see how it worked out. So true, true, Big true. Can't negate, negate, negate the work. All right, man, let's let's run into it, man. We ain't got no real topics. We just want to celebrate, you know what I mean? And then I guess we can celebrate and then talk about the work that we got to look forward to doing so we can get some of these... Uh, goals accomplished so what you want to go to man uh how did you feel when you got the news from mainstream media the big you know the corporations that they thought it was official um i mean i i I, man i was it was a feeling of jubilation i mean because i texted you i think tuesday night Mm -hmm. i was like man it's not looking good yeah it was like, you know, keep the faith. I'm saying, hold on, brother. It's going to be all right. I'm saying. Um, yeah, so I was like, it wasn't looking good Tuesday night. Um, but, you know, as things went along, um, you know, it, the the things got turned in, in, in our favor more and more as the hours and the days went on. So um, when I heard it was official, um, you know, I was like, awesome however you know it's still a lot that's going to take place over these next couple of weeks and maybe even months to where um you know depending on on how much of a uh, tantrum your boy wants to throw so that kind of put a little bit of a damper on it yeah but um but we'll see what happens i wanted to be there i'll tell you that uh in response to wiley uh, my initial reaction when I got the news, uh, I guess I had been assuming he won, Biden won, Biden and Harris had won around Thursday when you was telling me Georgia numbers, about the Georgia numbers, because, yeah. uh, you know, different places were calling different states at different times. And I was following Google, uh, I think it was like Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night. And they were saying that he just needed one more state to win. He was at 264 at the time. And so I had been leaning on those numbers for the most part. And then there was a few people, uh, again, that I know that do work on the ground. I just rather listen to them because they seem to be more in touch with reality than the, the big news stations. Yeah, this, I think it was the senator out of Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, he was, I think, like Wednesday morning, he was like, yeah, Biden finna get uh, Pennsylvania. It was on like eighty yeah. percent done, and so yeah, he was like, on CNN a lot, and um, the entire time he was um, like you never know, wavered. Like, yeah, and, I mean, he was saying that when it's all said and done, that Pennsylvania, like Biden, might win Pennsylvania by about a hundred thousand votes. Like right. that's how adamant he is about um, what's you know what's going to transpire there. Right, so. right. So I, I, you know, I was looking at those numbers. Um, I was getting a little frustrated that CNN and MSNBC and NBC was so far behind. It was taking so long to call it. And I get that they was doing it because they didn't want to get in trouble, quote unquote, or they wanted to be part of For some reason, I just didn't understand why they were so far behind when everybody they was talking to on the ground was like, yeah, they, Biden's going to take this state. Like, y'all could call it now if you want to, but... So when uh, 
when I got the news yesterday, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's official. And I just wanted to see the reaction of everybody. I want to see people celebrate. I want to see if people are going to be sad. I just was really looking forward to the chaos that I knew was going to ensue on social media. And uh, I was not disappointed. Uh, <laughs> the racist white folk, uh, the black people that support racist systems, they were sad, talking about this, the end of the world, the Antichrist coming, and, you know, Jesus coming soon. If we take the vaccine, they're going to put a microchip in us. And I just, I was laughing, man, because I just, I like to see how people do mental gymnastics to convince themselves of a perspective, despite mm-hmm. ignoring a whole bunch of information to the contrary. And so uh, I had a good time. <laughs> Had a great time, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, hey man, I even got a couple. Uh, you get them chain text messages that people sent out. Uh, I got one about somebody. This one tripped me out, really did. But I got this chain message from my mom, and then you know my mom's trying to be a mother, protect her kids, but she sent me this message saying uh, the NAACP which I volunteer with and get phone calls from twice a week had <laughs> sent out this message, quote unquote, about white men recruiting for the KKK and other white supremacist groups so they could go lynch and kidnap black men and, and, and boys. And I just sent her a picture back. I was like, Ma, that is, thanks, Ma. <laughs> and so... She was like, you going to be ready? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. The NAACP up here, I just got two calls from them today. Ain't nobody say nothing about no white man coming to lynch nobody. So, uh, But I thought, you know, I just like to see what people think and feel about stuff. So yeah, I had a good time with the, the results. Um, and then I got sad because I couldn't celebrate. I ain't had nobody to celebrate with. Yeah. So, uh, before I fell asleep last night, I ended up seeing that there's this particular part of town. Hey, Drill, what's the name of that area where uh, Flying Biscuit is? So Midtown, they were just out in the streets. Like an old, uh, who sang that? Dancing in the streets everywhere. Hey, Wale, who sang that song? Dre, you know that song? Dancing. I know the song you're talking about. Yeah, but anyway. That, that was my initial reaction, man. How you felt for the vice Listen, president man, elect Harris? Um, I mean, as I said, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, I was excited. I was excited to see how everybody else um, reacted, you know, the people out in the streets dancing, you know, having a good time, um, enjoying the, um, you know, what had happened. You know, that was, that was, I mean, I would say it was just a, a good feeling. Um, I, I know this pales in comparison and it sounds very, very petty, but uh, Florida played Georgia yesterday. So I immediately had to, um, you know, I had to, you know, had that to, to worry about. You had a couple um, wins, a few wins. Yeah. And especially when they got down 14 to zero, I was like, oh man, but uh, Florida bounced back. So, I mean, the, 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 the W's kept coming in yesterday. You got Florida you, State to the L yesterday. How you felt about that Another late win. night that late night uh W that came in? Yeah, so um 
You didn't see that, so, yeah. that Clemson uh South Carolina Notre joint? Dame. Yeah. I mean the Clemson <laughs> Notre Dame joint? Yeah. I was like, oh, well, look at well, this. Um I'ma take it. No trouble when playing, yeah. but I take it. But they still get I mean their defense they gave a, a, a whole bunch of points though. So what forty seven? Forty yeah, forty seven? Well, yeah. Well what well it was double overtime, so I mean if you want to count those, but yeah. But um but yeah, as I said, it pales in comparison. But you know that that Florida Georgia game was on my mind a little bit um, going into it. But Florida took care of business. So um, and you know, and just watching the the speeches last night, you know, was 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 nice. It was a totally different tone, man. That's I think one that, that's one thing that um, the presidents the who who gets elected for me it just kind of changes the tone for me. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I get affected by the policies. I don't feel like I get affected by, um, I, you know, I don't feel like it like trickles down to me enough, but I think they set a tone for how the country's going to be. And, um, you know, one thing I felt uh, with Barack was, you know, I felt hope, like people say that, Barack didn't do anything for black people, but I think the biggest thing Barack did for black people was give black people hope like that. And, and, and if you give me hope and you, and I believe that I can go out and do something, mm-hmm. that's, that's more than anything else that you can give me. That's a coach's that job. Yeah, that's a What's coach's, that? That's, a, that's every great coach's job. They can yeah, accomplish that and, and steer you, navigate you, you know, through some emotional waters properly. Then you do this job. Yeah. And so, um, so that, so that's the tone that I felt under Barack under, um, 45, you know, I felt a tone of, you know, as I said, you know, the policy stuff or whatever is different, but I just felt a tone of division. I felt a tone of, of almost like kind of being defensive and, and, and going uncombative. but with, with, um, Biden last night with his speech, you know, I feel the tone is, is shifting. And, and to me, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing that, um, so you, you know, was out here on your Van Jones because, because no matter who's elected, whether it be locally, whether it be nationally, or whatever, you know, it's still my job to go out and make it do what it do for my family. And um, no matter who's in in power, or who's in leadership, it ain't gonna stop that. So, um, you know, what you do or what you try to enact or whatever is, um, I mean, I'm not saying it's not gonna affect me, but as I said, I think the tone that somebody sets is is what's um, important to me, so. True. I saw one meme, and I felt this in the spirit. It says, make verb and subject agreements great again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It does feel good to hear somebody string along a complete thought with some articulation. Oh, man, hold on. I forgot to plug my back. But, uh, yeah. Hold on. Give me, give me like two seconds. No worries, man. Talk, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of follow up on the um, comments in the section, Wally said he wasn't worried about the Gator game. Trask is a new Joe Burrow. Um, I was thinking about that too. I think Trask does have an opportunity to um, compete for the Heisman Trophy. Um, I know, uh, I don't know, Max Jones for Alabama's playing well, even though they had a day off yesterday. But I think. Uh, I want to give the nation something else to think about. And it was an important week, and we want y'all to have some free time. Oh, the, the, the processing oh. space. 
So Alabama was going to the nation because they know that if um, if we playing, they know that if, if they was playing yesterday, the talk wouldn't be about. Uh, that's, yo, exact, that's exactly it. It would have been about a tie. Okay, thank, exactly thank you for giving us a day mm-hmm. of celebration and jubilation. We um, took we took a Tuesday off like like y'all did too. So yeah, it was all it was all about the nation, you know, for the good of the team. Yeah. I don't know. Was that an SEC thing? Was it an individual team thing? Was it a national thing? Like, what was the the um the like onus behind the the? T- I, as I said, I knew the Gators did it. I didn't know if that was everybody doing it or what. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch wind of it being a whole conference thing, but I, I got the individual notification for Alabama doing it. So um, maybe it was. I, I, I'm not sure, but I do think that was a. Uh, Responsible, uh, sensitive, timely of the two organizations to let their players be involved in the process. So, and I think uh, it shows it priorities. I mean, I yeah, think it, yeah. it it properly aligns with the priorities of um, you know what's going on. Yeah. Now, granted, you know it's a drop in the bucket, but we'll take it. Uh, now, let me ask: Would Saban have done that if it wasn't a bye week? To my us, well, we I mean, have done conven- that. It, conven- it was conveniently a bye week, y'all. Okay, hold on now. Time out. So, so, breaks. So it was very convenient for y'all. I mean, we did it when we had Georgia coming up. I mean, that's like that's doing something. It it does look better when you're playing <laughs> Georgia, the team that we just beat, who was probably licking a lot of wounds. But uh, no, it's saving. Uh, he's been doing a good job this summer in this entire pandemic. The, the social upheaval and the, and the changes. He's been doing a good job of letting players get out and speak, uh, share how they feel about everything. He's been getting behind the messages. He's been in protests, walking arm in arm with him. He's been in the videos that they wanted to put out as a as a team, and it wasn't necessarily Alabama sponsored, but they wanted to say how they felt about the civil unrest that was happening. So, you know, what I mean, it's just it's part of the process, baby. We've been doing it all summer, so every time you get a chance to stand on the right side of history, you know your boy he he been he been making the right calls recently. So got to respect that. Uh, but uh, y'all wilding with this new Joe Burrow stuff. Chill, up, man. Y'all just pumpy breaks, pumpy breaks. Y'all see us in in December, and you still feeling that good? We're gonna have to humble you. Pumpy breaks. The Heisman Trophy will already have been rewarded. Y'all can get that. We we beat Kyler Murray after he won it. We don't care. We don't care nothing about that. Y'all can have all them individual accolades. Y'all beat Joe Burrow, though. We was hurt. We almost beat Joe Burrow. Come on now. Wrong show for this. Wrong show. Anyway, back back to what we was doing. Because we had a quarterback on one leg. But you don't want to talk about that. Anyway, obviously you didn't watch the game. I did watch the game. Mm-hmm. Wanted us to lose. What we doing? Uh, did you see that episode of Lovecraft Country where Letty took the baseball bat and she went to bust the windows out the cars? Yes, I did. Did you see what the black men were doing while she bust the windows out the cars? Watching her. Mm-mm. They weren't looking at her. Oh, they were looking at the reaction of the, the people. With... With the cars. With guns. With guns, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I thought about that scene specifically when uh, she got the nomination. Well, you know, when it was official, when it was official that Biden Harris ticketed one. And I was like, all right, no matter what we think about, you know, the past or whatever information we want to ignore about her and how we want to ignore all the stuff that says we should probably align with her culturally. I was like, yo, it's time to mount up. Because, you know, she's going to take a whole bunch of heat for being the first woman and then specifically the first black woman and an Indian woman to be in that position. And my mind went to thinking, all right, man, well, how do we, you know, as long as she's doing what she promised to do and continuing to, you know, push for progressive policies, how do we defend her on the ground? But I know, like, my tweets ain't going to do much. My Facebook posts ain't going to do much. I mean, it'll certainly be a drop in the bucket when it comes to letting people know that black men are standing with her or behind her. That was, like, one of the big things I thought about. What you thought? Um, I mean, I, I, the, the, the biggest thing is, is voting her in. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. That's how, I think that's how the first way you show support um is to with your vote um so i think that's the first thing um as far i mean this might be a bigger issue but just how we approach and how we treat all black women i think will be will 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 help to change um the narrative or help to change how they are viewed um by just treating all the black women that are around us better um, I, th- I think I think that will go a long way um, because we can't expect um, other um, races of people to treat them better than we treat them. So I think we have to treat them better and then be like, you know, once we start showing them more respect and um, giving them equal opportunities, um, you know, hopefully that will, um, you know, lead other people to uh, do the same. Listen, man. I know, uh, I just feel like I, I got to do more. And, I, and that's, you know, I don't know what else I could be doing, but I know the very first thing I had the, the chance to do this week was I listened to two women that have been activists here on the ground in Georgia in the, in the fight for police brutality or ending police brutality. And I just had the chance to listen and I just told myself, I'm fortunate. Let me listen to the wisdom that they have and just figure out how I can be supportive to what they're trying to get done because I believe in the cause that they have. And so uh, I definitely think what uh, Exuberant B and Waleed and you are saying is that, man, you know, sometimes it just requires you to shut your mouth and open your ears and listen to what it is they're trying to do. And then if if you see that they're going in the direction that you think is a good one for for the entire black community, then push, protect. And so uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to it, man. I, I don't I don't know a whole lot about Vice President Harris, uh, but I do know where I can go to get the information about Vice President Harris. And for the, from what I've learned in these two months that I've you know been focusing on who she is as a person, man, she actually, she got a bad rap. And we fell for a hook, line, and sinker when Republicans and white supremacists all across the country started feeding us misinformation about her. And I think it would do well 
to you know, at least equip ourselves with information that will defeat all of these straw man arguments that people love to throw up about Democrats because you and I know she's going to have a hell of a battle on her hands for the next four years. And oh, yeah. that shit started on January. Well, started yesterday, but it's going to start on January 21st at 12.01 p.m. Uh, January 20th, excuse me. And uh, I know uh, we can start by saying stuff like, yo, the First Step Act, that ain't Trump's. Trump ain't make that. Yeah. And the extensions and expansions he made in 2018, he didn't do by himself. He just signed the letter after a bipartisan Congress, which means Republicans and Democrats, asked to expand the First Step Act's abilities. Trump ain't do nothing but sign crap into law. It wasn't no executive order. That means he ain't had to do shit, but just sign it. Um, he could have vetoed it, but let's be honest. He ain't got time to look over no stuff and veto it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, I mean, education reform, reform from inside the criminal justice system, uh, truancy reform. She's, she's been putting in the work. Dude, she's like every position she had in California. She was the first woman ever to have that position. Yes. How can y'all be mad at that? So, uh, and to the brothers out there that that's just being real thick and selfish and going against everything that benefits the community. Time out for that. We ain't listening. Only yeah. eighteen out of out of hundred of y'all anyway. So. Yeah, and, and as I said, I know that's supposed to be a celebration uh, podcast, but. I mean, I I know if you wanted to address it, but that is one area. I mean, according to the exit polls, 45 grew his um, voter base in pretty much every demographic except black women. No, he grew um, by 2%. But it, what's that? He grew by 2%. As, oh, black as, women? Yeah, it's negligible, but. Yeah, I mean, but black men, it was it was uh, more of a more of a jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who who voted for him this election as opposed to last election. And um I mean I didn't know if that was something that you wanted to address. Um and uh, I don't know, I mean, do you feel like, you know, people had a lot of things negative to say about um 45 because they knew that it was unfashionable to support him. But once they got into a voting booth with that little curtain and the little things, they was like, oh, but this is how I really feel. I mean, to me, that's what it, to what it seems like. Oh. Because you had all these people talking about, oh, he's this, he's that or whatever, but his numbers actually went up. It was just an overwhelming, um, you know, new people that came to vote that actually beat him out. But, you know, if the same amount of people that voted last election voted this election, he would have won he would have won this election again. So Yeah, you there's something to say there's something to be said in that line that maybe more people supported him than they wanted to they call it the silent majority. I mean that's the term for it. Thank God it they weren't the majority of this election. Especially in the areas that they were. But yeah, I I believe it. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if people I knew personally just voted for him and just never want to mention it around me. That I, but that, that's, that come with the territory. I mean, at least the decorum, well, at least they know where I stand enough to respect that even if they have something to say about it, 
they probably can't say it over here. And it's like when you go to your grandma's house, you might have a lot of shit you want to say about your grandma or stuff you want to say about in general, but you know not to say it around certain people because it's disrespectful. And uh, yeah. I, I take that. I mean, I'm never going to be surprised. Um, these election results outside of the win, but the numbers, once you start zooming in and looking at, you know, the amount of people that continue to support Donald Trump does not surprise me. Uh, I'm never going to be surprised about how shitty America is when it comes to race relations. And uh, I take that back. Well, no, I wasn't surprised. I just learned more stuff. Maybe I should say that. Um, so, no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, to the numbers that grew when it came to black men, you know, it is what it is, man. It's a lot of black dudes that are white supremacists. Like, I don't want to ever stop saying that. There's a lot of black men that maybe you and I know that are white supremacists. And so for them, they wanted to be Trump. They want to be in the same position as Trump. They want to be in the same position as some of these other white supremacists like Mitch McConnell. They want to be these men. And so if they think that they can align themselves with white supremacists, then they think that they'll be on the winning team. And it's not the same yeah. sports game. Saying how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I um uh it was a while ago, but Jamel Hill, she was uh tweeting about how um you know most most people who don't have access to patriarchy, they they resent it until they have access to it. But like as soon as they have access to it, they're all for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, she was saying that's kind of the, the the onus behind um black men moving to Trump is because they they want access to that patriarchy. Or, or they feel like he gives them access to that patriarchy. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 break it down. We, we could we could take ten minutes on this five. So, plenty of us know dudes that ain't never got no pussy and ain't never beat no nothing nigga, no fight or no sports. So they had to figure out a way that they can get some kind of feeling of victory, right? Like we know plenty of rappers that say, "Nigga, you wouldn't get no hoes before you got famous or rich." We know that. We know a lot of guys wouldn't. Wouldn't get no love or respect from anybody until they did certain things. We know Nipsey Hussle was murdered because of people like that. That's just a part of the reality that we live in. I mean, technically, that's what Lucifer was all about, right? And so when we hear about these black men that want to align themselves with an idea that makes them feel like they're winning, that's because they're weak. That's weak sauce. Like, man, you don't been to plenty of battles on the basketball court. Well, me and you was the quietest thing sitting on the sideline. Well, the team was, maybe not me. But, <laughs> you know, get on the court and cats is big, bad wolves. And they want to take me and you out. And we just was looking at them like, are you talking too much? Dog? We know you ain't ready for this. And so, uh, a.k.a. a lot of cats can't act like they've been there before because they ain't never been there. And so, and if you can't beat them, join them. So, uh. I mean, that's weak sauce. If you ever hear a black man talking about he's supporting anything the white supremacist structure is upholding, it's because you feel like he can't win. Like, he's he's afraid. So, uh, it'll never make sense to go against your own. Uh, now, now, let me ask you this. Do you think the... Do you think it's the Republican Party? Or do you think it's Trump to where he's overturned the Republican Party? Or a combination of both? I'd say a combination of both. Because how many billionaires do we have in America? What, 
45, 46. Well, no, 145 or something like that. Let me, let me look that up. But if you ever ask one of them which policy of Donald Trump's they support, if they're not saying something about prison reform, which, again, we know is not his idea, they don't have anything to stand on. If they cry about taxes, well, how did his tax cut benefit you? In what way? You a millionaire? Oh, you a millionaire? Oh, so, okay. You a millionaire, it benefited you. But I don't know too many millionaires that spend all their day on Facebook arguing for Trump. Not no working class. Oh, I'm not working class. Uh, like, you got the entertainers that they don't have to clock in or manage a business all day that can afford to do that kind of thing. But we know those people. The 50 cents, the Lil Wayne's, the Ice Cubes. But do you know any billionaires that are still having to actively work to maintain their wealth that are sitting on Facebook talking about the benefits that they get from Trump? I don't. I know a young lady that friends with a few of them. They not on Facebook and Instagram clamoring about Trump policies and all that. They ain't got. Frankly, they don't have time. I'm just trying to figure out moving forward. I understand this election um, moving forward, you know, and, and, and different people have bought this up. Um, Diddy has bought it up. Uh, it was, I think this was what Hugh was attempting to do, even though it was a failed attempt of engaging both parties to see who is willing to do more for the black agenda. And is it is just say we take 45 out of the mix is the Republican Party too far gone for black people to engage it at all without I, I mean, with Trump, I think it's, it's, a, it's a totally mute issue. Mm-hmm. But without him, is the party too far gone um, to be engaged to where um, we can go with the go to them and with a list of demands and say, hey, look here. If we give you this, you could potentially win our vote. If you're the same a- list of demands that we go to the to the Democratic Party and say, "Look here, unless you start to do this, you will lose our vote." If you are not a part of an organization, it is a waste of time. No, I'm saying, but a collective. I'm, I'm because I'm I, I was doing some research. Yeah. I was doing some research this week in the uh, Congressional Black Caucus um, that was built in 1972. Their original slogan was no permanent uh, friends, no yeah. permanent en- enemies. I completely only agree permanent enemies. What's that? No, because I, I, I know the phrase. I'm saying I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And so in the the, 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 the the what they were saying about that phrase is that they weren't going to align themselves with a particular party. Mm-hmm. They were going to align themselves with the people that would move their interests uh, for the most. That's why I said. If what you're... I'm trying to say is that we are we too far gone to where. Um, we can't, well, we have to speak to one side, um, to, to meet our interests or can we, um, I don't want to say, uh, shop around, but can we demand more for our vote? Because yeah. if we stick to one party, there's no way we can demand more for our vote because they know that we are automatically going to get it. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you this. Maybe this will help you figure it out. Have you seen any of the real shakers and movers in histories? align and come out and say I'm a Democrat or Republican? 
You haven't. Have you heard anybody, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, Fannie Lou Hamer, Martin Luther King, W.E.B. Du Bois, say I'm a Democrat or Republican? No, you don't hear that. They always go, I'm black. And what is for black people is what I'm about. And so, like I was saying earlier, if you claim you want to move the agenda forward for black people, you cannot do it as an individual. You, it has never happened. Every person. No, that I mean, just, it has to be done as a collective. It has to be done as a collective. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get that. real specific, though. You can't do it outside of an organization that is already pushing that, right? And so this is why I was saying what I'd be saying about all the celebrities that want to jump in and claim they're fighting for us. You can't get anything done if you're not inside of an organization that is doing that. It has never happened. They can always dismiss you as the lone crazy person. And so, like we said about Q, Q's ideas were correct. Q's methods and strategies and tactics were wrong, right? Because anybody that's, like we said, in the kitchen cooking the turkey up for Thanksgiving knows you're not going to be able to just stand there and say you want to get stuff done. First, you got to get in Congress, state, local, or otherwise, to get budgets, and then you have to sit on the talking room floor to discuss stuff when it comes to budgets. That's when you engage with Republicans. If you're not at a budget talking table, engaging both sides, trying to get them to talk about what they're willing to concede or not, you're wasting time. Because you're not allowed to go in the White House and just stand there on the, the, the Senate floor and just say, I, I don't care who it is. I want shit for black people. Yeah, that ain't, you obviously have no idea how civics work, right? So yeah. what, what I'm advising people to do, because like you said, we have no permanent friends, no permanent enemies in our pursuit of equality. You have to join an organization that is about that work and is doing the work. Because they need your help, because they need your voice. You're never going to be able to stand on the street corner with a megaphone by yourself and just yell until you get what you want. Because yeah. you ain't going to never make it to Congress. Congress ain't going to listen to you. Yeah. And, and I want to I wanna address something that Waleed's been saying in the chat, um, of saying Republicans have done little to nothing for black people. And I think um, part of that is because they don't think they're going to get our vote. If they if they if they think there's a chance that they can get our vote, like as I said, forty five, he threw a hell mary up and tried to make a a platinum plan, mm-hmm. um, which which was crazy. But he did that in an effort to win votes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. So I think we have to be if if we expect them to do something for us, it has to be of an expectation or a idea that they can possibly get our vote. And as I said, this is something that, and and the reason why I'm bringing this up now is I'm not trying to um, diminish this win, but I think we have to start planning for uh, the next election that's coming up. You know, the one, you know, the- the, the In January, in January. Huh? In January. You know what I'm saying? January, definitely. I'm talking about the the, the elections, the midterms in 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 the election next four years is that like, as I said, what Diddy was saying, what Ice Cube was trying to do, it was almost like last minute. So right. I'm just trying to say that if we're going to come up with a strategy right now to to make the to make um, you know our our time the most effective, mm-hmm. 
Um, so the election, so we can, we're in position to demand more mm-hmm. in the next election or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm opening up. Are we, are we open to, as I said, there's a chance that 45 can run in Jan in, in 2024. So all this can be um, back in play. Huh? Back so all this play. can be completely thrown out because right. if he, I think if he's back in play or whatever, it's no point in doing it. But if there is a, and, 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 and I honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Republicans put together a, a black candidate, um, you know, to, to kind of sway a little bit more people over. But what I'm trying to say is that are we open to a uh, Trumpless Republican party? Would we be open to having them hear our, our ideas to see if they would enact action? Are you talking about the people that are not in Congress, that are not in government? Is that what you're asking me about? No, I'm saying, no, the people, the people, I'm saying people that are trying to get elected. Right. Will we be, with the, I said the same thing that Cube tried to do and say, hey, look here, you're trying to get elected. You're trying to win our vote. Mm-hmm. But to get our vote, or you could potentially get our vote by saying, by enacting these things that we want done are we open to that if it's done in a in a in a in a practical manner um would we be open to that or are we just going to ride with uh democrats no matter what no we we all right i want to i want to say this all the time we're not democrats though I'm saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, there's, I'm a, there's a lot of what I'm they're independent. And, no, I, I, get what, be, I, I know me and you know that, but I want to, cause we're be completely a, open. I voted Republican before I've never voted yeah, Republican yeah. for president, but I voted Republican before. I, That's I get just what you're saying. Completely open no, I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just talking about the collective. Though. Yes, I know. And I'm, I'm trying to walk the people that are listening along with us, like I'm trying to guide them with us. Cause I know where you're going, but I'm trying to catch everybody else up. I don't I don't want I don't want people to miss this this next statement that I'm about to make. Black people are not Democrats. We're not Democrats. We support them overwhelmingly since the 60s, but we're not Democrats. We don't actually care about the parties. That's just a misnomer that a lot of people slap on us because we constantly have been supporting them since the 60s. Shit, 70s because we couldn't even vote in the 60s. They said we could vote, but they was killing us when we tried. I like this number. Uh, Chris Rock said, nigga, technically slavery ended in 1975. <laughs> That's when you could be black and not get your ass beat just on GP. So let's say since the 70s. We just been doing that since the 70s because they have been the only people or the only party courting our vote. And so that's why you see the, the turnout the way it is since the 70s. They're the only people that try to talk to us. Now, with that in mind, again, we always operating under the principle. I'm glad you brought this up, Pledge. We have no permanent friends and no permanent enemies. We have permanent interests. And as long as we think in those terms, you don't have to ask if black people are Republicans or Democrats. We don't care about their party. That shit ain't for us. We, we black. We got a whole different set of special problems here in America that Republicans and Democrats don't deal with. But because we have specific interests and because one party or the other address more of those issues 
than the other party, we have to align with whoever is addressing the issues. And so to answer your question, if the motherfucker ain't coming with the funk or some, some tangible stuff that we can get behind, no. But if they, if, let's say, let's say it like this. Let's say uh, in this Georgia election that's happening in January, and David Perdue running against John Ossoff. If David Perdue is the Republican, John Ossoff is a Democrat. If David Perdue was talking about free health care, free community college education, prison reform, consent decrees, we would all be voting for David Perdue. But since he is not, since he has been defunding all the institutions that have been trying to stop the coronavirus here in Georgia, and that affects one out of 920 black people, we're not supporting him. We don't give a fuck about John Ossoff being a Democrat. John Ossoff is trying to give us stuff that we need. So, naturally, he's going to get the black support, and he happens to be a Democrat. If the Republicans, whoever whoever's running, if they come with a reasonable, realistic, detailed plan for how they're going to support us, and they have a history of trying to do so, because like Trump did, he threw that shit out, the platinum plan. That shit was weak sauce as fuck. But he threw that bitch out at the last minute with no plans on how to get that shit done. We all knew it was fake. Because, nigga, you got a history of trying to kill us. You tried to kill the kids in the park, Central Park 5. Still ain't apologized about that shit. Like, nigga, you got a history of being against us. And what did you decide to do? If he'd have ran Democrat, we'd have been like, nah, we ain't vote for that nigga. And before he ran, he was a part of the Democratic Party. But he was part of the birther movement. He the yeah. nigga that was talking about, he the one that made up that junk about Barack Obama not being born in America. That, so, that's, what, that's what helped him gain political popularity. Right. So I think what we, don't, we don't give ourselves enough respect. Uh, those of us that don't know shit about the game, that ain't been doing the history on the game. We the ones coming in, the, the apolitical folk have been coming in and saying this dumb shit that happens to be the exact thing white supremacists want us to say about black people being slaves to the democratic plantation. There ain't no, we ain't no democratic plantation bullshit. We know phonies when we see one. That's, yeah. that's us. We've been dealing with, being tricked and bamboozled and finagled since we got here. And we can see a snake when, we, when one of them pop up. Some of us still fall victim to, let me vote for a black person because he black, he must be for us. No, because in Philadelphia, they sniffed, uh, Pens- was it Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania had two black people running. One of them was a fucking Republican. <laughs> they ain't vote for him. So we know better. It's just, those of us on the ground, those of us that are on the internet, in the YouTubes, listening to these cosplay black nationalists, these cosplay black power folk that pretend that they down for the struggle, but they ain't out here doing shit to help us on the ground. The ones that be out here, oh, you know, what did what the Democrats done for us? Nigga, that is apolitical. How can you be a black nationalist Tariq Nasheed out here talking about you, you down with the people and you down with the struggle and, you know, black independence. 
But you don't know that none of the activists that came before you in history ever told you to be Democrat. Nobody's ever said be a Democrat. Mecca Evers ain't said. Fannie Lou Hamer ain't said. Nobody's done that. We've always only been about using whatever we can to advance the agenda. What's the most practical thing that's already in place for us? Voting. Like, look at John Lewis, right? Did you know that John Lewis wasn't allowed to speak at the March in Washington because he was going to say some radical bullshit about uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and, and uh, John F. Kennedy? Did you know that? Did you know they had to tell Fred, John Lewis he couldn't speak because he was going to get up there cussing people out and shit because he was too radical? John Lewis? Do we talk about that? Is, is anybody in the YouTubes talking about how radical John Lewis used to be? Is anybody out here talking about how Martin Luther King retracted some statements? Like, dog, we don't, we don't do enough studying of history, and so we come out here saying stupid shit. That's, that's the long and short of it. So, you know, players... John we, Lewis spoke at the March on Washington. No, 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 he, no, no, no. He might have tailored his speech. He had to he change said. it. They, somebody else rewrote it. They had to rewrite it. His original speech was selling the fuck out. They didn't want him to say it. They wouldn't even let James Baldwin speak. Why? Because he was going to sell the fuck out. These are the people. Like, I watched the I Am Not Your Negro documentary for like the third time this past summer, dog. And I, I, had to, I had to go ahead and finally admit it, dog. I don't know if I could. I don't have the kind of courage it takes to walk in the middle of fucking Alabama where you know white people from the beat your ass. And you know you can't do nothing back. And you still go. Niggas want to sit on the sideline and talk a different kind of talk. Talking about shit that they, oh, I, if, I, if it was me, I would have did. I would have blah, 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 blah. Nigga. You know, that's one of the critiques they had of Malcolm X. Hey, Malcolm, you be talking all that shit while you're in Harlem, boy. We'd love to see you talk that shit standing in Alabama. Hmm. I mean, that's some real stuff, man. Like, it's time up for the ignorance, man. We got YouTube. You can listen to the speeches like you did what you was doing the interview. You can listen to the entire speech that somebody gave you about how to deal with stuff. Go look up Fannie Lou Hamer. Go look up Kwame Torre or Stokely Carmichael. Go listen to them guys give you speeches that are just as radical as you claim you are, but they give you tools about how to get stuff done. If you ain't out here in these streets literally knocking on doors, Registering people to vote in the pandemic with a mask on. You ain't about that action. And these niggas that's sitting up here on Facebook, even though it's only like 10 of them out of a thousand, let's be clear. Black men was the second biggest voting block for Joe Biden. Like, put some respect on their name. Niggas went out here sitting on their hands. But to them five or six dumb niggas that want to be out here pretending and wishing and hoping it was white supremacists because they can't get nobody's phone number or because they can't get laid or because they, they can't beat another nigga in a sporting event or because they done with it somebody else or they got no wins nowhere else in their life, you, you, you pie. You solve. I don't, I don't respect nobody that's, that's blindly following some shit that goes against their own personal interests. And you can't tell me, I just want to get money Cause I like the way Donald Trump take care of his family and he stand up to all the bullies 
And that's why I voted for him. Nigga, you soft. You soft, dog. It's long and short of it. Like, I ain't been nowhere for the pandemic since the pandemic started. But nigga, I told myself if I had to die from catching COVID, I would rather die doing voter registration. That's the only reason I leave the house. But the nigga that's out here at the hookah lines in the strip club, you soft, dog. I don't respect that. I ain't, I ain't respecting nobody that's on the internet saying dumb shit about, oh, you know, if you want to lose friends over who they voted for, you know, you did something wrong. Fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck that. Nigga, God burned down entire cities because they disagree with him. You gonna tell me I can't unfriend you for vote for Trump? Fuck you. Niggas, niggas don't want to confront real issues, man. And, and you completely right, Pledge. We ain't got no allegiance to no party. We got allegiance to interests. We ain't never been aligned with no party because we just love the party. Nigga, before the 60s, we were Republicans. When the Republicans started infiltrating all the white supremacists left the, de- <laughs> the Democrats, we went to the Democrats. We move. We like, oh, y'all over here? All right, we finna move. Oh, y'all coming back? Okay, we're gonna move again. Just, I mean, man, it's it's simple, man. I got my blood pressure up. To the sisters out there that, that see these numbers and fall victim to this narrative about black men supporting Trump, we all know the type. It's them niggas that don't get edges when they go to the barbershop. It's them niggas that ain't got no facial hair. I had an OG tell me when I was in high school, always be leery of a black man that ain't got no facial hair. You know, got to have a mustache or something. If you ever see a booty-faced black man, you might want to look at him funny. Because we don't know too many brothers that's got booty face and then be down for the struggle. <laughs> I, it, it's, it, the shit kind of work, bro. If you ain't got a job, like, nigga, the military let you have a mustache. Anyway, man. Listen, bro. White supremacists don't get edges when they go to the barbershop. <laughs> I mean, come on. Am I lined up? <laughs> Look at Daniel Cameron. Look at that nigga haircut. Come on, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if he's the the twenty twenty four uh uh nominee. Tomorrow for the uh, Republican Party. Yeah. yeah, he he gonna get pulled up somewhere. They gonna they gonna put him somewhere. They gonna put him in a very high place. And uh, we didn't get to it, guys, but. Uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ain't gonna be able to get shit done if we don't win these two Senate seats in Georgia on January 5th. They ain't gonna be able to get shit done from their plan because Mitch McConnell already on this bullshit. Nigga, I ain't giving y'all a shit. And if you don't know who Mitch McConnell is, he the motherfucker that got the say-so and the budget approval for the United States Senate. And if he ain't giving out no money, Joe Biden ain't finna change nothing. Kamala Harris ain't finna change nothing. And you gonna be sitting here looking again. See, we gave Democrats our vote, but they ain't give us nothing. That's because the Senate. So if you really serious about doing that work and you really want to see if Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, quote unquote, is gonna give you something for your vote, we need to get John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock in the Senate on January 5th. If they do not get them in there, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ain't going to be able to do nothing until 2024. 
Like nothing. And for those of you that don't understand how that works, go to YouTube, look up Congress, look up the three, the three parts of government, look three up branches. a bicameral house, look up executive branch, legislative branch, the judicial branch. The president is in the executive branch. He can only do what the other two branches allow him to do. Unfortunately for us, Joe Biden will have to rely on executive order after executive order after executive order. And even still, the funding might not be there for the executive order. So let's let's not. It's 2020, man. There's no more excuses for being ignorant. There's too much data out there, too much information out there for you not to know how things work. Too much access to information. It's free. Yeah, it's free. It's free. It's always in your hand. All the knowledge in the world is always in your hand. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to continue to be like, man, nah, man, because 50 Cent said, uh, okay. Please, I want to get out here and uh, stress the importance of engaging the community on education. Yeah, it's it's tough, uh, Drell. It's tough. Drell said he don't know if he could be a freedom rider because they got their asses beat. Yeah. And didn't really fight back because they were told, don't don't fight back. I mean, they were trained for it. Yes. I mean, they, they, they went through processes where they said, hey, look here, this is what you're going to have to experience. This is what it's going to be like. And this is how you need to react or, or to respond to the stressful situations that you're going to be under. Right. Uh, for those of us that are wondering. If you are here, we need to know that you 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 ready for this. I mean, that's that's what they that's what it. It was like, you know, to go through that process. It ain't for everybody. And for those of you that are wondering what celebrities did back then, you had Harold Belafonte, uh, Paul Robeson, uh, Josephine Baker, uh, Eartha Kitt. Paul Robeson knew he couldn't be on the ground all the time, and he knew he couldn't, couldn't be in every march. And when he tried to show up the marches, you know what the, the activists told him? Nigga, go perform for these white folks. Go up here and, and, and sing and dance for them. And Send us the money that they give you. He was like, okay. You going to tell me you bigger than Paul Robeson? If you're a celebrity, have you ever been brought up on charges of treason against the United States? Have you ever been charged with being a communist or a socialist so much so that you had to leave the country? No, you have not. Are you bigger than Josephine Baker? Look at Josephine Baker was the first black chick out here walking around dancing naked in front of white folk. Nigga, she was a spy for the in the French war. Like, you you can't beat with these people that have done that come before you. Nigga, are you that bad? This is how bad Josephine Baker was. Josephine Baker was walking with a black panther down the Champs-Elysees in broad daylight with that bitch on the leash. You telling me you better than her? In open defiance in the 40s of white supremacy? Cause you got ten million Twitter followers, you you oh you you tough now you big shit, nigga. Stop playing with yourself. Get out here if you're trying to help. There's a way to do it. Educate yourself, man. That's for everybody. That's for me. I don't know if players want to take that advice, but there's a way to do everything. Uh, let me say, let me say, let me say, let me say, what Drell said. Ralph Abernathy said the same thing about Dr. King, saying he was with him 
but there's a time and a place for those flowery speeches. I'm not sure what he's referring to. Talking about the marches drill. Um, I said something in the chat a couple of days ago, which, uh, uh, hey, I know Martin Luther, King, Martin Luther King didn't have a gun in his hand, but they had shooters in the bushes. <laughs> but whenever the white boys want to start pulling out guns, they was ready for that. But as long as they didn't, you know, pull out a gun, you know what I mean? They was trained on how to handle that. And y'all, y'all can't swear y'all just so tough in 2020 that y'all could live that life that they lived in the 50s and 60s, bro. It's a different time. Like, we are lucky. Hey, check out that Chris Rock uh, interview on Real with Neil on uh, Spotify. Oh, anyway, it was on YouTube, too. But you can go in there and listen to uh, his interview on the podcast. I ain't know Chris Rock. Well, I know he's in his 50s, but Chris Rock, I think he was born in 65 in, in South Carolina. And the shit he said he had to go through being alive in 65 in South Carolina. What's the name of the interview? Hmm? What's the name of the interview? Hey, let me get it. Let me get it. Because I just finished the second half of it. Day. How Neil feel. So how Neil, his name is Neil, N-E-A-L. And F E E L, Tao Neil Field. But in it, you know, Chris, you know, Chris pretty much woke, quote unquote. But Chris, Chris' story is pretty fucked up, too. Chris was the only black kid at an all white school in South Carolina. Chris' family had to move out of South Carolina because, in an act of defiance against white supremacy, when he was still a kid, they killed a white person and they had to flee the South. Ice Cube, you had to do that kind of shit, though. Well, not. Ice Cube, cool. He cool. He just he made a mistake and got used. But come on, though. We ain't, we ain't got no real struggles out here. Like, Chris Rock put some shit in perspective, man. Niggas wasn't really free till 75. And I was like, damn, when you said it like that, you kind of right. Because we know them Jim Crawlows was a bitch. Like, players, you knew white people could just walk in your house and steal your food and eat that bitch in the Depression? <laughs> and they yeah. heard you was cooking and you couldn't do shit about it? Come on, man. Different struggles, dog. Different struggles. I mean, we know about all the lynchings and shit, but like he said, man, if white dudes want to rape somebody, they just went on the black side of town to rape the black girl and kept them moving. We ain't dealing with that as much. So, uh, oh, <laughs> no. Play, uh, Drew laughing about that. But anyway, man, it's, 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 uh, it's time for the games. And the games don't start it. Got anything else you want to cover about the election, man? That, that's a great point about uh, we have no permanent friends and no permanent enemies, only permanent interests. Yeah. And no, I mean, the only thing is that said, um, you know, we won this one. Um, it was one that we had to win to kind of uh, get a certain someone out of the office. But, you know, now is the time where we need to be strategic about what we're going to demand of this administration. Yeah. And it's setting up a plan of attack of how we're going to um, get even further demands out of the next administration. Um, you know, before the primaries, before we get down to one candidate, but to start to um, see who's going to align with our interests um, way ahead of time of election day. Mm-hmm. So they, so when they're running on their platforms, we are a part of their platforms. Right. I said, and, and like you said before, we, we, we switched parties before. And, um, I think it's something that, you know, if, if they have the right candidate who's willing to listen to us, 
and understand um, what we're going through. I mean, because if anything, it's going to put more pressure on, on the Democratic Party to step up and, and make sure that they keep our allegiance. So um, that's right. Like I said, I think now is the time for us to start um, putting our plans together and um, holding this current party accountable. So we're not speaking after the fact that, oh, they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't put no pressure on them. Mm-hmm. So put pressure on them, make demands. Um, and as like you say, we can only do it collectively. If one person's right. out there screaming, um, you know, nobody's listening. But if it's a collective thing to where all of us are aligned and um, together on it, I think we have a, a better chance of uh, of moving it forward. So, yeah, so we are we, we can enjoy this victory. But um, as both Kamala and Joe said, now the real work starts. Right. Not just for all of us. So. Many hands make light work. Many hands yeah. make light work. Um, another caveat I wanted to add. Uh, if we don't give Joe and Kamala the tools they need to help us, we can't complain. Right now they need Senate seats. Again, no matter what we claim we want, Ice Cube's plan won't happen. Contract with Black America won't happen. Black Futures agenda won't happen. Nobody's plan will happen unless we have control of the Senate. We need control of the Senate. Second thing, here's a way to look at the election for Joe Biden and why the presidential election is so important. Let's pretend that the federal government is a police officer with a baton in his hand in the black community is the person that that police officer is beating on. The presidential election being given to Joe Biden from us is us taking the baton out of that police officer's hand. The beating don't start, but it damn sure feels a lot better to stop getting hit with that baton as opposed to punching and kicking. Y'all got to look at this, man. This this chestnut checkers, all right? It, tell your friends, stop being, stop being ignorant. Always, 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 always. Anybody that's out here saying that they want to align with white supremacist, ideal, supremacist ideals is because they're tired of losing. They don't feel like they can win. And so they align themselves with whoever's winning. Okay? So don't don't get mad at them. Just you got to show them how they can win. And once you show them, if they still choose to align with white supremacists and don't get no edges when they go to Wiley Barbershop, <laughs> fuck them. You know what NBA player doesn't get edges? Who? Richard Jefferson? Nah, you boy. Who? Kyrie. He don't he don't get edges. Shut up, man. Kyrie doesn't get edges, <laughs> dog. <laughs> he get edges, dog. What are you talking about? No, he does not. That's it. You talking about his beard? He get his edges nah, all the way nah, down no, here and in the front. I'm telling you, dog. Here you go, dog. Here you go. <laughs> no, I mean I didn't think. what? I'm saying I didn't think about it until you brought it up. You know who else don't get no edges? I'm pretty sure Kendrell can can back me up on this though. No, nah, Kendrell can't back you up on that. Kendrell don't look at no man haircut. See, he just he said Kyrie do get edges. Hey, Michael Jordan don't get no edges. You tell me he don't get he don't have no hair. He don't get he don't let nobody cut his beard. He's a mustache. Oh. But uh, anyway, man, we got to talk one day about uh the <laughs> the concept that Barack Obama and Michael Jordan played the players that were trying to protest during the bubble. So, we, we, we gotta talk about that one day. Anyway, see, <laughs> Drill, you just, you ain't defending Kyrie, you just stay facts. See how easy that is? No permanent, no permanent friends, no permanent enemies, just permanent interests. 
Hein? Quoi tu sais? La fin de pitch, c'est le groupe. Ok. C'est quand je fais la fin de pitch, je le groupe. Yeah, you do that. But Kyrie get edges, that you gonna stop. Alright. Hey, what about people that don't brush their hair? Cause KD don't brush his shit at all. <laughs> well, anyway. Hey, man, that's the end of the show, man. Thank y'all for sharing. Uh, thank y'all for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Uh, share, share, share. Like, 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 like. Share, share, share. Uh, <clears throat> find us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Radio. Look us up, look us up. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for rocking us, rocking with us with this time change. And as always, we're going to respect your time and we're going to try to do 12 o'clock again next week so you can watch the NFL games. No comment on that, but peace.